Hello and welcome to Touchline from myself, Kasper Els, and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hello, Kasper. We're talking Six Nations rugby today. The games played over the weekend, England 41, Italy 18. The game, Scotland-Wales, Scotland 24, Wales 25. And then Ireland-France, Ireland 13, France 15. Mark, your thoughts? Well, firstly, uh, going back to, to last week's discussion, um, where I backed England to win against Italy. Yes, you um, did. I did speak about Scotland and Wales being quite difficult to call. However, I backed Scotland to win. And in the Ireland-France game, um, I did say that France would be too good for Ireland. Um, but going back to back to the England game, I think you know the score itself um, shows that it was quite an entertaining game. If you look at England bouncing back from their previous defeat, Owen Farrell being moved to to twelve, their backline obviously got moving quite a bit yes. with Ford there, um, and they they showed that they are quality side. You know, I feel I feel for the Italians, um, although they scored eighteen points themselves, um, they weren't they weren't sluggish or anything. I think that was actually a quite a quite a good performance based Very good performance on the one they them. played against France yes. the previous week, you know. So um but England showed that they are quality outfit. What was good to see in the in the Ireland or rather in the in the Scotland Wales game and I think that was op- probably the Six Nations game of the weekend was that both sides were in it right until the end. I do, however, think that, that Scotland shot themselves on the foot when one of their players got a red card, and I think the game changed there quite a bit. And Wales, obviously, for the second week running, played against a 14-men side, yeah. um, and then obviously made it, made it work. So I felt sorry for the Scottish. They played at home as well at Murrayfield, and that's one of the all nicer uh, stadia to play in. Um, with a rich tradition and whatever the case might be. Is. And, uh, but having said that, Wales fought well right until the end. Uh, although the Scots had a, had a red card, Wales lost, I think, about seven or eight players prior to, to that specific game due to injury and that. Yes. So in some of them in key positions. So it also shows that Wales, is, although their coach, Bivak, he's been under quite a bit of pressure since the previous coach left after the World Cup, um, Steve Hansen. But having said that, they've started climbing the ranks a little bit and they've now... Um, gone to seventh in the world, surpassing Scotland, so they've now swapped positions. And then I do think the the Ireland-France game was probably the more disappointing one. I think from a spectator point of view, people really thought that that was going to be the game of the of the weekend. And um, you could see that the both, both sides had lots of respect for each other. Um, I think France were taken out of their comfort zone a little bit. But yet again, it could be similar to Scotland where there was a lot of hype about it. Having said that, France did enough to, to win the game and obviously they're leading the Six Nations. But once again, Ireland for the second week in a row, they allowed the opposition to come back at them. They, they didn't finish the way they're su- supposed to finish when they're in a, in a, in a try-scoring situation and they just allow the opposition to come back. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I think, not to, to make any excuses, they themselves had quite a few injuries. Um, to their side and, and two of their most senior players um, in Sexton and, and Murray, the nine, were obviously injured. So yes. I'm not saying that's where the fault lay, 
But I mean, they've also got a young side, but their senior young campaigners in a, in a close game like that would take it through. Having said that, France themselves have uh, youngsters, and, and they're obviously building for the for the next World Cup in France. Um, you know, and, and if you're not if you're not playing the way you should, and you know, we have an off day, if I can put it like that, and you still manage to push through and, and win a game away from home, which was an island, yes. um, then it all bodes well for them. So um, I did, however, read social media this week or today specifically. And they spoke about possible COVID cases in the French side. So their whole team that played on the weekend, including management, have all been isolated. And there's a possibility that they either might not play in the next, fulfill their next fixture or obviously have to play with other players, which is a concern for them because um, it might just throw well, their tournament upside down. Fortunately, the next fixtures are all two weeks away. They're not playing this weekend. It's all on the 27th that Ireland takes on... Um, it, Italy, Wales, and England, and then France and Scotland. So they've got they've got time to to recover. Through the, the 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 problem herein lies. Obviously, isolation is a certain amount of days, and then the, the return to play protocol, uh, depending on how yes. severe they were affected, could possibly because it's not within the correct time frame, if they have to enforce certain things, you know. So, um, but I mean, they are a professional outfit. Um, they obviously taking on Scotland and, and the Scots would want to beat them in that specific game to stand a chance of, of winning the Six Nations. So, But good luck to all the infected players, though. Um, may they all get well soon. I'm sure they will, and I'm sure they'll make a plan. I think it's fortunate for France that they are in France. Um, so they might be able to get players to, to join the squad and... Hopefully, play that game. Yeah, hopefully so, because, you know, the French have been building, as I said, towards the 2023 World Cup, and they've got youngsters coming through. Um, they're playing an attractive style of rugby. I mean, that's the old French that we know. If they pitch on the day, they can they can punish you from within their own goal, in-goal area. Um, they've scored some scintillating tries, um, and, and hopefully their stronger sides can play. Yeah, they're definitely on form at the moment and playing that French flair. Then moving back home, um, very good news this week that club rugby or amateur rugby can return to train. Um, I think it it helped all the players, all our players, certainly to uh, to get out of that rut and and get back to the field. And I I know it um, it gave Mark Cameron something to look forward to to get the players back on the field. No, definitely. I think it actually caught us by surprise. It did. If, if anything, um, you know, from a, all coaches, uh, we all plan and we like to keep our structures and our ducks in a row. And that, the last communication that came out said we won't see a field again till June, July. Yes. And we're only mid-Feb. Having said that, though, um, a lot of a lot of our coaches do plan ahead, and obviously, from a Mams and Toti's point of view, our structures and planning is 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 there. It's just to get the players back on now. Um, obviously, we return to play only in strength and conditioning, so there's no full contact. So the union, as Saru for that matter, have agreed to let everyone play with strict private things. So the first one, obviously, being the first four weeks, will only be strength and conditioning. The four weeks thereafter, we're going to go into contact, and then only if approved, we can start playing games. So it's, it's a long road ahead. 
But I think part of it, and, and not only unique to our club, unique to all the clubs, is, is the COVID-19 will still be at the back of the head. So uh, being amateur, the players aren't forced to come to training. I mean, I think a lot of them just want to see how it goes because I think part of the concern is that at a professional franchise, they test two to three times a week, yes, definitely before a game and have to get a negative result. Where at club level, the players don't have the funding to... to you know, to go and test twice a week or so. So, But for now, we're just thankful to, to get going. We will do anything in our power to, to keep the guys safe and the coaching staff safe and that, but just thankful to be back in the park. Yes, there's a three-phase rollout, um, according to, to the letter that was set out. Um, the first phase starting the 1st of March, uh, and that will be for um, fitness and, and conditioning only. Then phase two, starting the 1st of April, will be contact training. And then the first games are planned for the 5th of June. Would you say that the players and the clubs will be prepared enough to get into the league in the 1st of June? No, look, it's, it's similar to normal pre-season. Um, you know, normally we'd start in, let's call it mid-Jan, and then our first league games would be end of March, 1st of April. So it's, it's more or less the same. Um, I think the clubs that were fortunate enough to do, if I can call it off-season, the time that COVID, we, were, we weren't allowed to train, those clubs that did off-season training would probably be slightly ahead. thing is, you know, we haven't played in nearly a year. Um, so... I think the conditioning is slightly different. Players like to make contact. That's why we play rugby. To control them only to do fitness in the beginning is, is, is a bit difficult because they want to play with ball in hand. But I think if we, if we plan properly in that, I think we will, we will be there and thereabout. Um, so I think two months, two months gives us enough time to, to have decent preparation for that. Well, hopefully the COVID pandemic will give us a, an opportunity or a chance to to actually return to play and, and have a season this year. Oh, definitely. And as we spoke to the Sharks head coach earlier on, um, he spoke about <clears throat> at the professional franchise like the Sharks, they have a squad of 45. You know, at club level, one doesn't have that luxury um, because you play with whoever you have at the at training and obviously um, they all at different levels and so forth. So, and with the Sharks and all the other franchises, they have set conditioning blocks and, and however they do it. Whereas at a club, you know, as I said, we don't force the players to come, so one week the player might be there and not. Uh, I look at all the youngsters who, who might have young children, their, their wives might not be too, too happy with them to come to training. So those are all the things that we have to look at and, you know, with, with respect to them um, and grant them that because, uh, you know, as I said, there's no, there's no real funding at, at, at amateur rugby <clears throat> and they do it for the love of the game. But we'll, we'll, we'll take it as it is and we'll build as, as much as we can and, and more so from a Toti Rugby Club point of view. You know, the players are quite keen being our 75th anniversary, so we want to be competitive. There's a lot of players that have made contact with me that, that want to come back and that want to start preparing. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity for, for getting that to, to do what we love most. Now, being our 75th year, it would be... Very nice to get back on the field and play a couple of games. Um, talking about our 75th year as well, I would just like the listeners to 
who check our social media and um, participate in our 75 challenge and have a look at all our challenges that we put out there. The current one running is 75 Rand to a charity of the club's choice and we're asking the people to donate 75 Rand, pay it into the club's account and we will then hand it over to the charity. Yeah, I think uh, firstly by saying that, I just want to congratulate the club for thinking further than 2021 in um, appointing a marketer that actually markets Tote Rugby Club for us. Um, you know, the marketer is responsible for, for Facebook and our website and all that. So the listeners, if they if they do go into Facebook and Mums and Tote Rugby Club or at our website, will see lots of activities happening all of a sudden. And it's due to all the forward thinking that has been done by yourself as the chairman and the, and the committee and everything that has been approved going forward. So um, hopefully it will it will last long and, you know, we'll have lots of support. And, you know, if we can continue giving back other than on the field to the players that enjoy the game, but giving back to our local charities and the community, then... Uh, Regardless whether we, we actually play a game or not, then I think we've done what we what we could. Yes, also being our 75th, I think Toti, Mums and Toti Rugby Club would just like to re- remain the, the community club that everybody claims we are and I believe we are and make 2021 a big year for the club. Yeah, look, we've always had a good following. Um, even when we were still in first division, <clears throat> we spoke about it the other day where we said that if we had to play an away game, more often than not, we'd have more supporters there than the local side themselves. So I think from a from a rugby club point of view, we owe a lot to our supporters, a lot to our sponsors and our community, and it's our time for giving. So um, if we can't give on the field in the rugby game, we, we'd like to give anywhere else we can. So if everyone would want to follow us and maybe leave comments or whatever the case might be, us, and maybe put your hand up and ask for certain things and we can assist or help where we can, it would be, it would be wonderful. Yes, please go and have a look at our Facebook page and our website. It's truly something to be proud of. Mark, thank you again for your thoughts, sharing it with us. Interesting to, to hear what you have to say and how you see things. Thanks, Kasper. Um, it's always nice to, to chat rugby and, and you know, as we say now, we're talking 75 and the challenge, and that's not rugby specific. But it's nice to, to be involved in certain things like that. And, you know, as you said, our community is, is wonderful to the club and and we hold them close to our hearts and we want to ensure that uh, wherever they go, we go, and when we go, they follow us. So hopefully we will get all our followers and, and supporters back to the club one of these days when we take the field too. It would be lovely to see them there. Thank you very much. That then will conclude this segment. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Kasper. From myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.